Welcome to the sixth episode of Bees Pod, recorded after the brilliant win against Leighton Orient. Uh, on today's show, we talk about the game, we talk about the players for next season, and we look ahead to our next game against Wickham Wanderers. Hope you like the show. <laughs> So welcome to the sixth episode of Beast Pods, and we're recording in the Hive Bar after the Gretzky Bar, sorry, after a brilliant performance against Leighton Orient. I've heard people say it's the best one we've had all season, and I'm delighted to be joined by the regulars. Uh, Michael, how are you today? Radiant. <laughs> Radiant as ever. And I'm also delighted to be joined by Men, how are you today? Very good, very croaky today. Croaky, well why is that? Singing, having a good old sing song. Well, there's plenty to sing about today. Um, go on Men, let's, let's get into it first of all. Talk us through the match, what stood out, what, what was good, what was bad. There's a lot more good today than bad, but what really stood out to you today? Well, I just thought we, I thought, well, I, th- I thought from the, from the first minute, I thought we were actually, we played really, really well. Um, I think there was, there was a couple of key points in the game. Um, I think Jamie Stevens made a couple of very good saves in the first half, um, which got, when we came in at, um, I think we came in at 1-0. Uh, yeah. John Akinde's header. I was saying to, saying to Michael, I think it more hit his head than rather he headed it in. I, did, I thought it was quite, quite a well placed. The first guy he, he was looking to. I thought it was a little bit of 50p head, no, but the, it the, was. The, 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 if you look at it, we've got this City game on behind us, right? That's the sort of header you see Aguero did one a few weeks against Watford. It was a brilliant ball in by Pearson, but he was perfect. It was a perfect yeah. header. He was That's a bit hard. I don't know. I just think, <laughs> I just think from seeing John, way John Akinde heads the ball, it makes me wonder, wonder how, how how much he meant it to be so perfect. Well, he, scored, he scored two headers today. We're into uncharted waters here today with two-headed Akinde goals. Which is brilliant. That's a good point. And, but James Pearson's cross for the first goal was quality. Yeah, he literally just pinged it right on his head. I don't think it was a world cross. It was a world uh, cross. I thought. Um, I thought uh, to be honest. Um, I thought, well, we deserved that 1-0 at half-time. Mm. And then the second half, I think, totally, totally hinged on, on the penalty. Um, I mean, I thought Yaya Domstaka was so stupid because... No, uh, I think mad. Binham, is it yeah. Binham Williams, their uh, left-back? Well, I mean, he was, he was going... Was he, he was kind of took about five minutes to get the ball under control and it sort of yeah. wandered down to the touchline. Well, and he was having a little dance. He's going nowhere. He's going absolutely nowhere. He was, he was, he was having Literally. a little dance trying to step over and then he almost... Literally out of play by the time that Yaya but, I mean, Andy was tucking it at the back of his shirt as well, which was silly to be doing. And then to just lunge in like that when the guy is virtually crossing the touchline out. In front of their fans as well. Yeah. They're obviously going to, you and know. The funny thing is, the guy had literally tried two step-overs and almost tripped over. <laughs> and so was completely not in control of the ball. And so Andy just had to literally just wait by this time. The guy was going to basically, like, touch it out of play himself. Yeah. And then just suddenly went through the back of him. It was just the most... But, but that, set, that set us up, Michael, for your hero to <laughs> step up to the plate. I mean, what did you make of Jamie Stevens today? It was, it was, it was superb. He was, it was, you know, thankfully he's back in the side after, yeah, after the, uh, the interregnum um, with Stack, he back. And, um, yeah, it was, he was just a fantastic save. It was a brilliant save for the penalty and then yeah he made some good saves before that but then pretty much I think that I've left think them a minute the, or two the, the, the save the penalty save was that the last save he actually had to make yeah, I think after that I think after yeah. that, that, that there, was, there were sort of shots wide and over and things but that but, was it but literally it was, but from, it was within a minute from that yeah brilliant. it was down the other end Gambin hits the bar ball rattles out and then and, Sam and then 
quite possibly the hardest shot I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> the hardest daisy cutter in your life. To be fair, Santa was his first, first goal for the club, um, which, which says a lot. He had, he had one for you at York oh, did, a few weeks ago. Did he? He didn't score last season. No, didn't he score in a cup game for us? And maybe a cup game. Or was it a friendly? League. Yeah, but definitely but he, first he league goal. He was first league goal for a while. Goal. I mean, the thing that's interesting, though, is that we're looking, Matt, we've won 3-0 today. You know, we got that third goal towards the end, or towards the middle of the, the second half. But it really did hinge on those moments. Um, do, do you think, you know, obviously we could be talking about a different game. If that penalty had gone in, Mem, do you reckon we would be sitting here talking about a defeat? Or you know, yeah, how, no, how much I, is luck today? Well... I don't think it's luck. I thought we played well, but I think it's. I think what today proves is that at this level, at professional level, that you can, a manager can prepare the team as well as he can possibly prepare them, and then little incidents, just one little incident, can um, can affect the whole game. I mean, let me go back to the, the, the last podcast that we did, and we talked about the Oxford game, a game where it hinged on that one bit of indis- discipline. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, the game was out of our out of our reach, and so I think it just goes to show that it's about managing the um, the individual sort of uh, turning points. Yeah. And obviously, you can't do anything, you know it's a bit of a lottery when you've got you know penalty, but I will save it was. But then the key to it was after that is you got to punish the other team. And what we did was really well, was we punched them. I mean, we, we talk about that, because some Orient fans are obviously disappointed, but they, Michael, they, they didn't turn up today at all. I, I didn't see an Orient side in there who looked like, if they'd won today, they would be seventh. And they didn't look like a side who were anywhere near you'd that. I think there was a, there'd be a bit of hunger, a bit of passion about them, because that, that, that playoff place is up for grabs. Yeah, no one wants it. And they, they just, yeah. We it, looked it like the bizarre. team that was going for the playoffs. Yeah. It was unbelievable. We've got nothing to play for, and yet, um, and they have. And yet we were the team. We had all the desire. We won our tackles. We, um, you know, we harried. We, 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 you know, we were attacking. We tried to, you know, we were trying to score goals. They just had no. I saw no desire there from that team. And it was a team was really, really uh, interesting. Um, did you see that Kevin Nolan got booed as he yeah, got, as well, he got, he got, he got, he got applauded like ironic cheers first of all. Yeah. And there were a few shouts of um, Nolan out as well. Which he's only been there. Five that was Barnet fans. Was that Barnet <laughs> Well, there you go. Keep him in. Keep him in. It's another side below us next year. But no, the thing about Nolan is that uh, he was playing the Premiership last season, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, he just looked. He looked off the pace. He looked like you know, at points what David's potentially looked a little bit like for us sometimes. And there's an element of that I feel around it. Having a player manager, you know, we we were talking about earlier about Tony Cotty. It's got shades of that sort of, you know, a bit of. Indecision because they've got they've got the players. Jay Simpson, top scorer in the league. They've got the players to Ramage. Yeah, Ramage has played at a high level as well. I think I think the problem you've got and um, when you, when a player comes down from a high really high division, it is re- it it doesn't work like that. The player comes from a Premiership team and should be head and shoulders above everybody. Because the problem you've got is you get dragged down to the level of the, the, yeah. the players you're playing. You're only as good as the players. And you've got to be physical as well. You've got. You've yeah. got. Yeah. But you, 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 you would think. But you would. He was playing in a two today, and he normally plays. He, when he played at West Ham and at Newcastle, he, a 10, he? Uh, he usually played as a ten, um, coming in late. He was playing a bit like Curtis Weston has been playing when Curtis Weston plays in that advanced yeah, position. Yeah, yeah. Where he kind of ghosts in, doesn't really get involved in the build-up play. And today, because he's in a two, he's a bit like when Weston plays in a two. Um, in that he, he was just bypassed, and he doesn't have the legs anymore. And 
He's got probably got the brain. And don't get me wrong, if, if they were a better side, yeah. or if they played better, we'd probably see what the qualities of a Premiership player. But his game was never about being getting the game and dictating play. His game was always about ghosting in on the far post and coming in and scoring goals. I mean, in terms of our performance, though, we talked about Stevens at the back and we talked about Akinde up top, but there was a lot going on between that. Michael, who stood out to you today, aside from those two, as someone who, who, who had a good game? You can't really feel, you know, every, everyone performed really well, I think. Um, Luke Gambin He's fantastic. was just, he was getting into space early on and at times he was almost being ignored by his teammates, you know, he'd get into a good position, the ball was going somewhere else. But he was phenomenal. He was he was teasing them. I mean, Akindi was teasing them and toying with them in the second half at times, and just you know holding the ball up to let you know looking for other people to run it. Michael Gash was doing the same thing, holding the ball up really well. Um, he did get a knock at midway through the first half, well, and I was Gash. a bit worried. Yeah, 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 yeah. and I was worried at but that well, point. But he did really well. I mean, he kept when at the end of the game. You know, he had a, he had some ice on that. But you know, the team throughout that that starting eleven all put in a shift today and all performed really well. I thought Gash um, really freed up Kinde. Akinde was able to roam because what what happens sometimes is when we play Akinde up top and we don't and we maybe play with a second a third midfield player is that when we play by doing by playing in that way Kinde instantly becomes the focal point of every pass, every cross, every long ball. Yeah. And Akinde He's not particularly great in the air, as, well, as I sort of probably alluded to earlier. Um, and he's not really... He's a bully, but he's, he's not that sort of back-to-goal striker. He wants the ball in front of him. As soon as he get a Gash doing that, taking a buff team, winning flick-ons, uh, playing that role where he's pulling out defenders and, and holding the ball up and linking up play, freed up Akinde to basically just go and cause damage where he can really hurt teams, yeah. which is on the last man... Um, and, and he, he doesn't get the first ball, he gets the second ball, you know, he gets the one after. You know. which, which is, and he was through several times, you know, on, on goal, at least into those channels down the side between the sort of fullback and the centre half, which he loves. And he can't uh, do that if he's, if he's, he's the a number one. If he's the focal point, he can't do that. Yeah, and, and you also mentioned man, these, the central two, so um, Togwell and Weston, you thought were pretty strong today. Would you be happy with those two going into next season, perhaps, being in there or, or do you think they, there's something we're missing still in I, that midfield I still room? have my doubts uh, about uh, a Togwell Western uh, partnership taking us forward I think they're, they're, solid, they're a solid partnership and in, in theory Togwell sits Western makes runs off him in his box to box I still don't think Western influences games enough from the centre midfield to, to, to justify being that first choice pick do you think that's fair Michael or do you Like Mem says, they've served us well up to a point. Whether whether they're the first choice pairing next season, it's open. It's open to debate. I mean, it was brilliant to see Sam Topple get a goal today. But I thought it was, good. I thought been, it was really good today. I mean, he was, I, he was everywhere. It was, you know, that was that's 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 been a long deserved goal. Yeah, you know, it's been coming for such a long time. He's been unlucky with chances he's had but then he often you know I think he's he's quite he maybe he's been in good positions as well in the past and he's been unselfish but yeah but looking at them I mean you've got to, you've got to say well we'll see what see what happens in terms of so, you know new, new pairings new signings and in the summer and that takes on nicely too I'm, I'm going to pick out I've got this program in front of me I'm going to pick out five players 
who I think could be like one of those ones that are touch and go for staying here next year. And I want to hear, you can sit on the fence a little bit, but I do want to hear whether or not we're going to keep them before we go on to our game at the end. So the first one, number five, Bonds and Gala. Mem. I'm so glad you asked me this one because <laughs> actually I've, I was thinking about this only last night. Now I'm going to I'm going to put a caveat in this. Okay. In my opinion, you should have four centre-backs in your first-team squad. Okay? You have your two, you have your two first choice. Yeah. And I think you can afford to carry an experienced guy who's going to step in. And I think, and then the, you want your fourth one, I think needs to be somebody who's going to step up from the youth team or somebody who's a younger player. Right. Who's, who, who is, is going to basically learn and then be ready maybe the season after that to step in. So when I look at the when I look at that I look at and I think we got okay got Biri Dembele first choice yeah Michael Nelson now can he last another season I think maybe not but I think what he could do is be a third choice yeah. and a good third choice with experienced guy to lead right. and in the change room and then I'm looking at and thinking all right where's our where's our young centre back because we don't have one and and is Bonds and Gala good enough to be um, a first choice. And if and it, it depends as well what our target next season. If we want to just sit in the middle of the table, so I'm going to push you. Bonds and Garland can do it. <laughs> he can. He can. If we want to progress, unfortunately, Bonds going to have to go. It's a bit like working the oracle here, Michael. So are we going to go? Oh, I, we, need, we need next season, in my opinion, a first choice centre back and, and a young one. Because surely that, that means the Bonds has got to go, right? Because he is taking up wages. I think he's clearly he's clearly being paid. I'd assume as a first choice centre back. So you're saying yeah. we got to be we got to be brave. Yep. Yeah, we have to. I think I think Bonds might go. All right, M Michael. I'd, I'd I'd probably I would probably keep him. I wouldn't I wouldn't have any qualms about keeping him. I mean, in terms of salary, payroll, you know, what the squad we've had, we've had a, a surfeit of um, injured strikers on the payroll for the most of the season. So I'd say if you know if you're looking at Another another centre half, yeah. I mean, Cisse. Uh, we 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 thinking Cisse can fill in. Cisse might be that youth player. He could that, be that, that, that one to, to bring first. in, yeah. Although you know, at times I've thought, well, Tom Champion would he fill in at centre back? So that's that's the that's. I mean, the, the thing, thing about Cisse, and, and this is, uh, I don't want to be harsh. He's young guy, he's learning, whatever. But he's one of those players that, uh, people say, oh, he's versatile. But he's versatile because he's not very good in any one position. I've yet to see a performance from him, I think, where I thought, ah, he's going to be our first choice in X position, or he's going to be really making a strong case to start every game in centre midfield or centre back or right back. I have, I'm yet to see that from him. You know, I, he's young. I, I, I just, I don't know, I don't know about Cizé. So, sorry, sorry to talk over you, Michael. But this, this is where I was saying about the, you know, having the makeup of it. Is if you've got your four, seen, if you've got your four first team centre backs. Cisse would take your young player who would be fourth choice yeah, and would be that season where he'd step in when he needed but obviously be there learning off and then off Nelson, who's, and who's, Nelson who's and Nelson in my opinion probably could start the season as first choice with Dembele because they were brilliant today them two yeah. but can he last 46 games in the season so no that, so in that respect we need another senior defender can we afford to carry Bonds Bonds as well on a senior wage alright we'll, we'll part that one there I'm going to have two more you mentioned him, Tom Champion. Tom Champion. He's done well when he's come in. Yeah. <laughs> he's done well when he's come in. So, 
and again, I, th I, 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 he would not be a player that I would like to see go. I think he's done, he's done very well, and it's it's all around, you know, well whether you know with Weston Togwell, you know, when they've been in and out of the squad, he's slotted in and he's done a job. So you, I would expect to see. I would, I would keep him. Matt? For me, it's about the profile of player. Because at the moment, we've got Santogo, who's really important to our team in that he sits in front. Santogo gets injured. We need, to have a, we need to have a similar profile player. Yeah. And so that, for that reason, I would definitely keep champion. And actually, I think from, 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 a, from a squad perspective, I think we need to evolve the squad rather than, uh, you know, rather than just dismantle it. Which is what we've done in, when we, when we when, you know, in those days, like five years before you're radiated. That's what we used to do. We used to clear out Brand everyone squad, and then bring yeah. it in. All right, so champion will keep. Yeah, definitely. I think I think we just need to we need to put on build on top of what we got. All right, final one, Graham Stack. <laughs> no one's no one's saying anything. Uh, this this is this is really I love, I, hard. I think I, think I love. I, I just want to put out I think Graham Stack's fantastic individual ambassador for the club. Um, he was a, I think he's a very good keeper as well on his day. Um, and you know the stuff he does behind the scenes with Martin Allen and all that is is to be lauded. But I'm just curious about this, whether we keep him or not. This is this is hard for me because because I've obviously um, I've got a bit of insight, in, a bit of knowledge of what goes on behind the closed doors, um, and and I think Martin Allen, where Martin, Martin Allen wants to be, uh, can be very. Um, uh, I wouldn't say cruel is not the right word. Brutal? Brutal? Well, that's what you were trying to do on last year. It's not cruel, it's not malicious, it's just malicious. And I know he really appreciates uh, Stack, and I know for a fact that Stack has, behind the scenes, done some, uh, has had a real influence yeah. um, in terms of keeping players at the club that Martin Allen wanted to release, um, who ended up being really important players for us. Um, and I think that what might happen is that he might decide, Martin Allen, when he looks at it in the cold light of day and, and looks at his, uh, his budget sheet, might look, Jamie Stevens is probably on a much lower wage. Yeah. It's now the number one. Can he afford to carry Stack on a senior pro's wage, even if he is a coach? That's, that is the question. But Martin Allen doesn't generally go with assistance, right? Wherever he's gone, it's rare that he, he you know, last season, for example, he worked pretty much on his own. And he's brought in Wardock at the moment, who is still there. Who's I think fantastic behind the scenes. But I think about Stack, he's a hard one because you do need a backup keeper, I think, in League Two, in the sense of just the amount of games we play, you know. And, and Stevens obviously get your red card or the injury or whatever. Michael, what do you think? I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd say mm. Jamie after this season is first choice keeper. He's got, you know, he's got to be. Like you say, you need an experienced backup. I think Graham's good around having him around the club in that respect. The coaching side of things, I would see him being player coach. But then I don't know. I don't know the budget. I'm not sure of the budgetary implications of him being a player coach in that respect, or whether you know he just becomes becomes a coach. Let me put this in. I don't know exactly what stacks. Yeah. Let me put this in in like in some sort of perspective. At this level, probably it stack stack. I reckon 
probably on about 1,500 quid a week. Yeah. All right, he's a senior pro. You could probably get a number two goalkeeper for about 400, 500 quid a week. And then what you could do is promote Michael Nelson to um, to be in the coaching stuff, which is look, looks to me where that's going. If Michael Nelson gets another contract, yeah. So he could, he could promote, end up promoting Michael Nelson, and then he ends up and then, and then all of a sudden he frees himself up a thousand pounds to go and strengthen somewhere else in his team. That's, yeah, that's, that's the brutal, harsh truth of, of being a manager right. at this level. So it's interesting. So we all we all kind of in terms of let's put it this way, just before we move on to our final final sort of five minutes or so. Would you be happy if Graham Stack was starting in goal for Barnet at some point next season? He's a good goalkeeper. So, yeah. he's a, at this level, he's a good goalkeeper. Yeah. So in that case, then it's a budget sheet thing. It's though. a budget sheet thing, all right? It's a but it's completely budget sheet. This is Martin Allen looking at his. Martin Allen's got a finite budget, and he will look at it and he will say to himself, "Where can I squeeze out savings to basically go and get better players?" Because that's the key. Is next season for us to push on, we need to improve the, the squad. Yeah. And to do that, we're going to have to probably pay a little bit more money. Um, so he's got to find out where can I save money. And are you going to pay a senior pro wage for a number two? Okay. So, our final bit for today. I spent most of the second half because it was the game was won, which is very rare for Barnett. <laughs> uh, I think this time last season, I was kind of wetting myself on the terraces at Dartford or whatever. But uh, putting together a little quiz for you two to see who is going to be crowns this week's <laughs> champion of inane Barnet knowledge found from the internet <laughs> based on this season so there's a couple of there's a couple of questions here I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go for one two three four five I'll give, I'll give, I'll give six questions and then if you both get it wrong it's no points if you get it right it's one point and then if you're closest as well I'll give you a point as well because some of the questions are, are guesses <laughs> all right are the questions guesses? <laughs> I don't know. Right, I'm going to put this out there. So we'll do this for the first person to get the answer right wins, but you can have one guess. We'll figure it out as we go. I haven't really thought this through. Okay, you ready? The first question. Who was the last team that Andy Yearden played for before Barnet? Braintree. <gasps> he's good. One nil to them. At least put a little jingle in there. All right. This could be a bit of a... All right, I'll put this out there. You, you, you can both have a guess on this. Mm-hmm. What has been the most common winning scoreline for Barnet this season? I'm going to say 2-1. It's a tough one. 3-2. 3-2? <laughs> we, we won 3-2 this season. Twice, I can think of. Oxford, Oxford and Stevenage. Uh, so it's, it's yeah, actually, it's 2-0. 2-0. Two nil. Two nil. Clean sheets. So there we go. So that's still, I think that's still one nil to man. Is that, is that what? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Barnet, before today, were in 15th place. We've gone up to 14th today. We were in 15th place for how many consecutive games? So that's to say that after the end of each game, when the whistle goes, you know, we sometimes go down to yeah. whatever it is or up to whatever it is. How many games are we 15th for in a row? Six. I was going to say six, but I'll say seven. Seven. The answer is actually you were at 10 games. You were at 15th place, which surprised me a lot, actually. That's why I felt I was getting a nosebleed earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to put that down as, as 2 0 to Mam. All right. I don't know how many questions you've got left. Here's a couple. Right. How many goals have Barnett scored, including today? How many goals have Barnett scored this season in the league? 
five less than we've conceded. <laughs> I know we're on minus five. <laughs> so philosophical answer. Um, I'm going to go 53. All right, 53. I'm push for an answer. 49. Last is 56. Wow. 56 these goals. All right, final question. I think Mammy won, but hey, we'll, we'll go with the final question. And, and actually, I think... Actually, no, I'll do two more, ready? Right, the brother of which Barnet player, current Barnet player, Started the last time Barnet played Orient at home. Uh, that. <laughs> it is. And he, can you remember who the brother was? Sure. Damien. Uh, Damien. <laughs> Do you know his birthday and his, his star sign? No, uh, it was cool. Very, um, you know, a bit of trivia here. Well, not trivia. My brother actually has does, does business with, um, with uh, Damien Bat. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. He All rang right. him up, gave his name, and the brother recognised him as a Barnet player. The next Barnet player. <laughs> we're getting we're kicked out of the bar in a second. There's no way <laughs> the background noise gradually disintegrating. All right, and um, we'll hold it there then. Ooh. Before we before we go, um, a couple of games coming up for the bees. We think we're away at Wickham next week. Mm-hmm. Um, before we go, scores on the doors. What do we reckon, ma'am? I think the pressure is off. Actually, I think we were actually playing like a team with no pressure. And um, we seem to be enjoying our game. I think we're going to win 2-1. Michael? I think we can get the win. All right. Free-flowing football. (laughs) Okay. 3-2. All right. Well, on that that positive note, we'll sign off for this week. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks. But thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the sixth episode of Bees Pods. And um, as ever, if you've got any questions or ideas on the show, please let us know via Twitter at Bees Pod, or you can email us through our SoundCloud page. Thanks a lot, and fingers crossed, we get just as good a performance and a result against Wickham next week.